forgotten the small things for the people. And so we, we also try to nudge more and more the team leads like, hey, did you check in with this person or do that? Or like really helping them and guide them because as you said, some are really amazing leaders in kind of in office settings. They come in, they directly feel the mood, they feel how the people are and they react on that. Uh, but if you're remotely and you see each other only in a video call, like once a week, then it's very, very different setting because people can just put in a smile, like, Hey, all good. And then leave and you don't really know how they really feel. Hey everyone, welcome to Leading From Afar, a show by remote leaders for remote leaders, where we dive into the most important topics facing leaders in the future of work. I'm your host, Scott Markovitz. I was the first hire at Envision, one of the first all remote companies back in 2012. I've since helped build and scale multiple remote teams as an early employee or consultant. In each episode, we geek out doing deep dives on specific topics like within async, hiring the best talent anywhere, how to create a fun and engaging environment remotely, and so much more. This show was created to help managers leading remotely upskill themselves to help them build world-class remote cultures. If you enjoyed this content, please feel free to support me by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app, share it with friends and colleagues, and feel free to buy me a coffee via the show's website. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into today's episode of Leading From Afar. I'm your host, Scott Markovitz. One of the goals of this show has always been to introduce you to some under the radar tools that are making a big impact to the remote work experience. And today is one of those lucky days. I'm joined by Alex Spahn, one of the co-founders of Gomara. If you haven't heard of them, after this episode, I'm sure you're going to be signing up. They have a tool to help remote leaders better engage their teams by understanding team health and what needs improvement and actually going ahead and scheduling specific and customized activities to improve on those needed areas. And they recently launched a new feature, which even goes beyond that, not only providing insights to where the team is struggling, but also sharing actionable steps and activities that the leader can do to make an impact on their team. So today, as you can understand, is all about upskilling your remote team engagement. Hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Alex. Thank you for joining today. How's everything going? Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. And yeah, doing doing well. Doing all right. Yeah, all good. Uh, it's it's great to have you. Remind me where in, in beautiful Switzerland. I've been there once in Zurich. Uh, it was amazing, like three days that I was there. I very much look forward, but I don't, I, when I remember you're not in Zurich, remind me where you are. No, I'm in Zurich. Uh, so, oh, in Zurich. Okay. Yeah. Central Switzerland. And yeah, it's a beautiful place. Uh, nice town, but also you are quite close to the, to the mountains and have a nice yeah. lake. So couldn't ask for more. Uh, absolutely. And everybody's so nice and polite and, I remember my wife and I, we were there on our honeymoon and we were walking, wherever we were walking, we were coming to like a street. There was like a little bit of a crossover. And I remember we stopped waiting and there was a car that was coming, let's call it 30 kilometers an hour or whatever it was. 
and they just like stop. It wasn't like at a proper you know street or like a traffic light, and they just stop. I'm like, <laughs> like looking around, like, why are people so nice? Like, no, especially I, was, I think you know I spent you know four years in New York, grew up in the parts of the states where maybe, no, maybe yes, like at certain points at like a crosswalk or something like that, but car was like driving like kind of foolish speed and just like came to a spot and I'm like wow that's, that's so great always have to be careful once you walk like especially at crosswalks uh, if you walk slowly people always think okay you want to cross and then they just stop if you want to cross or not doesn't matter you just stop uh, <laughs> so yeah, forward-looking drivers there yeah. that, yeah, that's awesome i, I love age, to hear it in diff different countries crosswalks sometimes have a meaning and sometimes it's just like no cars go first and if yeah. you want to walk then you have to wait until there's no car and you can cross yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely so usually the way that we start off each one of these episodes is just uh tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and we'd love to hear a little bit more about the founding and origin story of gomara sure yeah my name is alex um german living in switzerland i actually started my my official career after the studies at uh, consulting. And then I created my first own company, um, or it's actually second, second own company together with uh, my co-founder Joao. And we created in back in 2020, before COVID hit, we have created a, a event, virtual event platform, um, which was quite nice. Um, we had a, a nice growth story in the first two years during COVID obviously, and we grew our company from basically zero to 20 people in a very short time, also onboarded a third co-founder, Joshka, a longtime friend as well of mine. And so we were running this online events platform um, for two and a half years. And we have built our company completely remote because my co-founder Joao is in Geneva, I'm in Zurich, and then the rest of the team, we were like, okay, why should we hire in expensive Switzerland if we can get the best talent and from contacts that we might have in Portugal and Germany and like all other places in the world. So we. We basically started from scratch to work fully remote. And since we have built the company for 20 people in a, in a fully remote setup, we realized what is lacking currently in the world out there and what is going well for us. And uh, what also from talking to other founders, what, what do they like, what don't they like? And so that's basically, that was the, the, inception of Gomada when we realized, okay, let's build something for our own team that makes us as a team better. That was the, the inception of Gomada. And yeah, I don't know if I should continue on talking or. <laughs> no, 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 that it's, it's very interesting. So your, your co-founders are also from Germany or they're from Switzerland? The one is uh, Portuguese living in Switzerland okay. and the other one is uh, German living in Germany. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was, I was thinking, I remember before the pandemic, probably about six to 12 months leading up to the pandemic, most of the remote companies that, that were launching that I had seen were either coming either out of Paris or Berlin. So it was very, very fascinated why these two places seem to be like the epicenter of all these remote companies. So I started meeting a lot of the founders similar to how we connected and we spoke uh, no while back. It was just like fascinating to kind of hear that story. And it was the same story that every company all over the world was having was, Hey, right. If, especially before the pandemic, mm -hmm. if we weren't curing cancer, if we're not getting people to Mars, we can't compete against Facebook or Google. So we understand that in Paris or wherever to be, we need to be remote first from day one, because that's the only way we're going to hire the best people that are out there. So that's kind of a trigger is obviously being from yourself, being from Germany. And it was thinking maybe there's like, again, that kind of German connection that 
you know, very forward thinking even before the pandemic uh, of getting in there. But kind of to, to, to jump right into our topic, and I know I think we're going to cover a lot today in the ideas of employee engagement, and which seems to be still, I'm, I'm quite baffled, right? I mean, we look before the pandemic and there's so much research and there's so much money and there's so many, everything that had come out in the importance of employee engagement, right? You had to spend money and employees are engaged and more productive and more happier. And that means more, more revenue. And there's just so much that's out there. And so many companies are spending and probably Google, probably your best example historically of companies that have always focused on employee engagement, right? With all these different things like Project Aristotle, whatever it is. But now the pandemic's hit and companies are staying remote or they're going hybrid or they're trying to figure out what the heck they're doing because again, many of them still have, still have no idea what they're doing. Would love to hear, I mean, especially companies that Komada is working with and people that you've been speaking with, why are these companies just struggling so much? If, I mean, especially like, I mean, just thinking about like a Google who's always known this, who spent so much money focused on employee engagement, in theory, has always done it right. And then they, when they went remote, hybrid, whatever, you know, back and forth, they just, they, like, they, they can't figure it out. So we'd love to, again, the sense of like what you've been hearing, what you've been seeing, like what the trouble is around you no know, employee engagement. Why, why it's still such a miss with many of these companies? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I think what I see for often like how do they actually define employee engagement what does employee engagement mean for them right is it and and i think for many it's just like this office talks um coming together at a coffee machine or water cooler like these are like hey people engage people talk and it's just so easy to grasp and to see like yes there's engagement people are here they talk to each other right it's engagement um if this was the definition of engagement then i see many people have never really defined it um, so where I think pe many people start to struggle is like, okay, you, you don't have these obvious moments of engagement that you can see and grasp when people talk to each other because you're now remote, you're at your desktop or, or at your, at your, um, PC or laptop. And then, uh, you, you don't see what your colleagues are doing at home, right? You don't, you don't see them unless you are in a call with them and in calls, I think there's also one big trap, which is distraction. Um, in physical meetings, yes, people maybe put out their phones and were also a bit distracted, but most of the time people were in the room, they were there, they were present, they were active. And what I've experienced myself as well, right, is that you're in a meeting and you talk to people, there are four people in, in, in the call and no one is responding. You're like, hello, are you listening? Are you with me? Are you like, please contribute to the meeting, contribute to the workshop. And you sometimes feel like it's, they're not there. Right. And, and, and that I think is where many people start to struggle. Like, okay, what can I do to increase this engagement when it's needed in the meetings? And then I think there's also this whole element about synchronous versus asynchronous work. Um, how much do you value also asynchronous communication, asynchronous engagement, and yeah, but coming back, I think it all starts from making it visible and measure it um, in order to, to, to say if, if employees are engaged or not, which is much harder in a virtual world than, as I said, seeing it if you're in an office. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think it very much leads me to kind of a follow-up question of where employee engagement to me is one of the core anchors of 
when done wrong of burnout and anxiety that people are are feeling, especially in a remote environment, right? We've seen the last year and a half, quiet quitting and quiet firing and what new one quite, I was quite posturing, like every, every couple of months there's some quiet something that that's popping up, no, no here and there. But for me, I mean, in essence, it's, if somebody's engaged in work and they're, they're connected again, whether that's to the work or whether that's to the non-work pieces, there's less anxiety, there's less burnout because again, they're more connected into what's going on. But obviously in a remote environment, it kind of, as you said, you don't see your colleagues every day. So it really requires leaders to be intentional and it requires tools to be in place for leaders to understand, hey, what the heck's kind of going on with my team? So we'd love to kind of hear a little bit, you know, from your perspective as both a leader and, and from the Gomada side, you know, how can leaders who are listening to this episode use tools like Gomada to better gather feedback on their engagement of their employees? And what the heck do they actually look for? Right. Um, so what we do at Gomada is um, we have employee uh, engagement surveys and or surveys for people, but also, and maybe I need to explain a bit more what Gomada is, but we also run activities with the teams where we also measure how, how well teams are engaged. And what we have done is we, we thought, okay, what does drive engagement? And the four drivers that we have uh, identified is relationships, it's satisfaction, it's employee well-being, and personal growth. And these are four elements that are really impacting if people are engaged or not. However, at Gomada, we can, for now, become, we are not very good at influencing their personal growth because we are not a learning platform. We are also not the best in improving the employee well-being, um, meaning kind of their work-life balance and so on. But what we can influence quite well is the relationships side. And this is often a tricky part if you're working remotely. And I've listened also to previous shows that you had where people said, yeah, they don't see each other in person for like a year until they first come together or they work fully asynchronously. They have like, I think, uh, yeah, it, it was Chase Warrington that said from Duis that they work fully asynchronously and they have like one, one hour meetings per week. Um, yeah, how can they build relationships if they don't speak to each other, right? How can they talk to each other? And so we are, as you said, we, we plan or we, we help leaders to be intentional on employee engagement by helping them to build stronger relationships, but also what you said about um, psychological troubles or what people have. I think it's a lot of, a lot triggered by, yes, relationships is one very important factor of happiness, of um making people happy if they connect and engage with others. Uh, but the other element is also appreciation, which I think is in a remote world also often underestimated and doesn't happen so much. Um, so what do we at Gomada do about that? We have built team building activities with a very specific goal. And one goal could be for an activity to get to know each other better. And that's something probably you have seen as well. But then there are other activities that focus on building trust or sharing appreciation. One activity is called appreciation shower, which is really only to come for people to come together and basically share appreciation with each other uh, in a guided way. So that it's not really awkward, but like really in a nice and sensible way where people after they leave the activity, it's like, okay, this was a really, really nice session. They feel much better. And this is, um, yeah, this is what we do and try to help to prevent some of these issues, but also to 
ultimately make teams more effective and um, help them to collaborate better. But yeah, what, what is your stance? I mean, you also talk to a lot of a lot of founders, a lot of startups, a lot of remote teams. Yeah, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with kind of everything that you said. I believe, as if you obviously have listened to episodes here, know the one word that comes up more than anything else is intentionality, and the biggest issue for for leaders who went remote during the pandemic, unless they've actually had the opportunity to upskill, which very few have, they just don't still don't grasp that concept of intentionality. They need to intentionally create moments and opportunities in all the different ways. No, again, whether it's learning, development, mentoring, there was another article, someone recently outside the Guardian a couple of months, a couple of years ago that argued about, about mentoring and you know, Gen Z's losing access to looking over the shoulder, whether it's onboarding these water cooler moments where I had no previous manager who was great. It was a great leader on the side. We're always supportive, like whatever you need, I'll help you. Wonderful. But coming from an office environment, the way that he got to understand how everyone's doing both work-wise and personal-wise was by seeing them in the water cooler and having lunch with them and going for beers mm -hmm. with them. So in a remote environment, that switch didn't happen to say, hey, I need to intentionally check in, whether it's Slack, whether it's one of whatever different formats, which again, we've spoken about it at, at length in, in, the, in episodes of the shows. But so I had one-on-ones with him every other week. And one of those two always got canceled, right? So I spoke with my manager once a month. Right? So how do they know the impact that I'm making for the team? How do I know that they understand the impact that I'm making from the team? So it's very much creating a understanding you have to know. And then I think it then comes to the point of, okay, well, I understand I need to bring my team together, right? I need to do team building things to help with engagement. I don't know what the hell to do. And what even understanding of what to do. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Gomada. It's just, it's not, hey, let's do a game, which I'm a big believer in games. Let's every week, let's play a game or every week, let's do like a lunch and learn, but it's very focused on again. And some of the feedback that you get of what pieces may be lacking at the moment. And that's the event type that you, you give to them. It's like handing them on the platter. It's like, here, here's the feedback that, that we have from your team on Wednesday at two o'clock. Here's the event that you're going to do. That's very focused on this week. You'll get to know you. So it's going to be a lunch and learn. It's going to be whatever it is, show and tell something. So I think having those, again, opportunities of creating, intentionally create those moments. So again, it could be games, it could be fun, it could be whatever the heck it is, but understanding, hey, we need to create these. Because yes, like you said, you know, speaking with Chase, and I've been a very big fan of Doist, and I'm also a big advocate for async you know, by default, and I run my teams that way. But you also need synchronous opportunities for that team building, right? For teams to get together and brainstorm and have fun and ask questions and do co-working. So I'm very much of, right? Yes, we should get rid of meetings because me sitting in a meeting, and I always think about how you started off, right? In, in an office, in a conference room, probably mentally, I was checked out of almost all those meetings. I didn't care. But yes, when you're sitting in front of them in a room, like you have to kind of just pretend like you're paying attention versus here on Zoom, right? You don't, you, you don't have to be. But it, was, it wasn't a different, I wasn't engaged on, on a different level in the office as I was remotely. I'm just like, same thing. Why couldn't you just send me this damn presentation? Let me let me do, look at it myself. I'll give you comments. I'll give you feedback and save my 60 minutes of being sitting in this room for, for no reason and let me get work done. Um, but I, I think it's you know, definitely to your points of giving leaders the understanding of here, here's the things that we see with your team. 
And here's here's how we can help. And again, just in, even in those cases, how we can do team building, how we can do trust, and being able to hand that to them. So I think it's an awesome thing that uh, that that you guys are doing. Yeah, and that's what we have also seen, right? We with, with our first product that we have built, um, we were fully remote, and we have used tools like Office Vibe and other tools that that are really great in giving you insights about your team. And then you read the results, and you see like they're lacking, I don't know, appreciation or they're lacking. And you, you read that and you're like, okay, but I'm, I'm doing A, B, C. Like you, you think like checking in with yourself, like, okay, I'm doing things here. Then I ask them, so what else can I do? And you get very little results because they also don't know what else you can do. It's just their feeling, right? And then you're a little bit puzzled, like, or HR is puzzled, like, okay, what else can we do? And they think and think, and you try to do more and more without really changing anything in the results over time. And so that made us think, okay, how can we create activities together with professionals in order to really make an impact and not just tell them, this is your score. This is where you're not perfect yet, where you can improve, but actually telling them and guiding them on how to improve it by building activities that they can run. And this is, I think, the big game changer that we were trying to do here. And um, yeah, so far people people seem to, to love it. And as you said, it needs to be intentional and many managers, that's the second kind of side effect and benefit of Gomada is that you need to invest a lot of time. I think team building is very important for many people. Um, so it is on top of the agenda, but it's also the first thing that is being removed if the day-to-day -day is too busy, which is basically every week. So every week they're like, oh yeah, we need to do team building, but oh, not this week. I'm so busy with all the other things I have to do. So that's why we take all the efforts and the hustle of organizing things, the thinking about what do we do this time, all these things we take away from the people, from the leaders, from the team, and just tell them, this is your results from what we've learned about you. This is what you should do next. Click here and just start it or schedule it. So really simple, really time, time saving for managers and don't, as you said, many of them, they don't have yeah. the experience to do it online. And they, after the third time they look for online games, online activities, they're like, okay, same results pop up again. So we just help yeah. them to keep it, keep it fun, keep it interesting for the team with a real meaningful impact. I mean, those to me are, me are like the two core points. It's number one of, yes, you as a leader are actually going and organizing some events, right? We have to do events. So I'm going to now take the time to structure some events or give ownership to the people on, on my team to do events like, like I did. But the back end of that issue is, right, most people probably don't even know what type of events to do. Like even if you're just not focusing on, on, on trust or awareness, it was just, right, just have fun, right? How many games can you do? How many show and tells? Like people just don't know, don't, don't know what to do outside of being able to go find and go set it up. Like, I mean, we had that across our teams. It's like, okay, what should we do? Should we play this game or that game? Or should we do this show and tell? What should be the topic? Like, again, it's, it's difficult for people who have, don't have that old school remote uh, experience to really understand here. Here's the types of things that we should do and you know, mix those in. So I think that's one of the beautiful areas. And maybe I would actually love, let's maybe deep dive into a couple of those specific activities that you organize because God knows how many times I've had this argument with how many people um, around like return to office and you know, many companies are saying, oh, re return to the office is for culture. Okay. We understand like productivity and work can be done in, in home and wonderful, but 
culture doesn't happen outside an office. You need that physical space to do the office. And I just kind of laugh and say, that's just absolutely ridiculous to the people that create the culture. But again, as we've said here a couple of times, remote leaders need that intentional opportunity for creating that culture. So, and especially in like the team, team building and fun and different things. So maybe let's deep dive, take two or three specific activities that Gomara creates. Maybe come up with a story again, is you kind of hinted to it before, like maybe there is a lacking of trust. So let's maybe use that a case. Okay, you're getting the feedback. Maybe there's like a dip in trust. Let's talk through like what activity is created, like what that activity looks like. Maybe like two or three examples of those we'd love to hear about. Sure. Um, happy to share. So one, one activity that we have is about improving communication skills um, in a kind of fun, interesting way. So what happens is that one person gets shown a picture of, let's say, a bridge uh, or like a drawing of a bridge. And this person then needs to describe to the team and they can say, um, I have like you're, they have to describe what they see. For example, they can say it's a, it's a bridge. It looks similar to the Golden Gate Bridge, for example. And then the, the, the other team members, they need to draw what the person is explaining. And so you start off like, hey, it's a bridge. And they're like, okay, so how do I start to explain it? And then it's a line here and a line there. And then basically it goes for like three minutes or so until uh, the time is, time is over. And then people or the the, the everyone will see all the results and the original picture. And then the person needs to say if this prototype that was drawn is functional and basically a good prototype or not. And then you have some form of reflection of, okay, what was the failure? Why, why didn't we all get the perfect bridge uh, drawn? And uh, can you can kind of reflect, okay, we missed this information or this wasn't clear to us. And then the next person is on uh, next person's uh, time to kind of, again, explain a different picture, a different drawing, and the other straw. I think there's like three three rounds, and this is really intentional, like, okay, how can you explain? How can you communicate yourself clearly? Set the big picture first, then go into the details, and like, you, you understand really like what people need in order to to get the most information in a very, or in a very short time and draw perfect prototypes in the end. Um, so yeah, that's about communication. Of course, it needs some abstract way to to apply that to your day-to-day. -day. But I guess uh, we, we try also to help the people to make this transition up. Okay. That, I mean, that I mean that sounds to me like a, a just a, a super fascinating uh, activity. And yes, being able to work on the communication skills. And I, I think it's so core at this point, right? Because we, we old school remote leaders all say that the future of remote is async by default, as we kind of hinted to with, with Chase and Dubis before. So if async by default is the future, Right, that means much more of this is not a thirty-minute meeting where we kind of go, you know, ping pong back and forth. Every every response has to be thoughtful and precise, and I think very much of, to what your point is, very clear. Right? Yeah. How can I make that response? How can I, if it's a feature, whatever it is, how can I help you visualize that bridge as clearly and concisely as possible? So when you get it in one message. You've got all the bullet points and the colors and the this and that and the other, and you'll come as close as you possibly can to the right looking bridge with one message. So I, I love that idea of just even preparing people now for what the future is going to be with the remote of very much of that async, the very long form writing or whether video, but very concise and not just winding on on a loom video for, for 35 minutes, just talking about something. 
boom, 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 right to the specific point. So I, I, I love that idea. Give us maybe one more. Yeah. Um, another one is memorable, memorable moment, uh, which is basically a reflection activity where you come together, you have a short icebreaker at the beginning and many of our activities here have icebreakers, for example, okay, put something uh, red on your head and then you look for around in your room or you jump out and like get a red hat or get something else and put in your head and then you can take a picture and you have a fun tea moment and people are energized, stood up from there, from the desk and so on. But then the activity itself, memorable moments is um, talked about, it's about trust. And uh, so it starts off with, you have a, also a, within our within our application, you have a little um, whiteboard. And then the first uh, task, for example, is to kind of um, share share and reflect of some moments uh, that were very challenging in the past months. And also the most memorable moments, like um, thinking about them and then you put them in on little sticky notes uh, on the board. And then a couple of people are highlighted to share what was the most challenging moments for them and what was the most rewarding moments. And next up, you basically, you're asked to, to share some photos of these moments. Like maybe you have a screenshot, maybe you have a team picture when you have basically were coming together in person for, for in-person kind of gathering and event. And people kind of collect these photos or the Gumada screenshots that we have then and, and just share these very special moments that you had as a team over, over the past months. And uh, ultimately there is also then some, some questions uh, being asked individually and they're of course not, not shown who answered what, but you will see on a graph like, okay, a question, for example, um, how is the trust level in your team? Um, people are being asked, are you open? Like, did you feel comfortable to share your real challenges that you're having at the moment? Or was it more the, the high level challenges, like questions like these, where you can understand, okay, are people opening up at these sessions or not? And if not, okay, then, then these, these might help too, or like a one-on-one, -on -one, for example, could help that people are opening more up and so on. So, um, yeah, it's a quite intuitive, intuitive, but also very deep exercise about yeah, sharing what you struggle with can be at work, can be personal. Um, and all the sessions, this is really important, they're guided. So all the team needs to do is come, be there, and then the activity starts and you will be guided step-by-step step through the activity. And um, in this case, specific outcomes and one of the outcome is a, uh, yeah, build, building more trust and, and opening up to share with your team. Uh, but yeah, as so I said, there are multiple other activities or some really fun, like, uh, the Gartic phone activities that you might have seen uh, out there. Like we have also something like that, which is really fun. Quiz-based activities, get to know each other activities. Like a lot of different activities. Some are really fun. All have a fun element, but um, some of them are also really, really meaningful and really deep um, to actually improve your team. No, those are very cool. We'd love maybe to hear a little bit more outside of all the, the activities that your team is running, obviously through Gomana, but as a um, founder, of, of the team and a founder of a remote startup. would love to hear what else, again, outside of Gomada that you're doing and your team is doing to build relationships remotely. Again, if, are you, have you done any IRLs? Are you thinking about IRLs, like other different activities, getting people together? Just a little bit here, a little bit more about what you're thinking about as a, as a startup leader, right? Remote startup leader outside of this specific tool that you're, that you're building. Yeah. So what we do is, um, so we call it pop-up office and other people call it, uh, I think, uh, gatherings or uh, retreats. So basically what we do is we bring the team 
um, twice a year, we bring the team together into different locations. We've been to Portugal, to uh, Black Forest, Austria, um, to different locations where we are in a big house usually, and then focus for one week on, it's a mix between kind of workshops, but then also focusing really on, on team building, on coming together, having fun, some free time for people to explore some activities that we do outside. And this is actually a really important part of who we are and what we do and how we connect the people with each other and where we build these long lasting moments as well. Um, we can also build them virtual, but also added by, by those physical moments. And yeah, this is something I think we always wanted to do because we enjoy this to really come together in person. Um, but also now the team is really like, so far, everybody has always tried to make it, um, even though they had families, like kids at home and all these things, but people, you can really see that people value them and ask for them um, since they really make it possible to join them. Yeah, it can, it, it can sometimes also bring relationships to a next level if you're then there in person and have never seen each other before. So um, that's a, certainly a very important aspect of how we work remotely. Also, we are, and it would be interesting to hear your, your view, but we are not at all asynchronous. We, we are really also, when we hire people, that was a big learning for us to make this clear to people when we started to say, we are not this remote company where you, you join, you do your work and you don't interact with others. Like that's, that's not us, that's the remote companies out there. You can do that there. But if you want to join us, then we are interested in you and in communicating, connecting with you. And if this is not what you're here for, then it's probably not the right place. So we do have kind of meetings where we say at least once a week, the whole team should be in, and the whole team is currently 15 people. The whole team um, should be in one meeting together and see each other. Up until two months ago or one month ago, we actually have done basically updates, like sharing each team was sharing what they have done. However, we also sharing this asynchronously because it's more effective. It's like easier to follow and to see, okay, double checking, what did they say? So we said, okay, let's, it's not really the best use of our time. Let's really use the time when we are together for these moments to, to bond, to, to talk about, talk to each other about non-work topics, about running activities of Gomada and these, these kind of things. So we really changed it from, if we have the moments together, then let's use them to really have bonding moments and, and fun moments. Or for example, one that was really interesting was um, we asked people to share some topics and everybody could submit a topic and then we voted on the top three topics and we broke up into breakout rooms and we had three really beautiful conversations in these three breakout rooms about different topics like can we work, can we private, sustainability, whatever. Um, was really interesting and uh, felt really nice, much better than, okay, just sharing the update that you have anyways shared in writing. So really making it those moments when you come together um, intentional and think about what is value adding and sharing the update, what you have done and what you plan to work on, it's not really value adding in, for a meeting. Yeah. No, it's 100%. The, the way I was running my teams in my previous role was, was very much on that. Uh, team meetings and one-on-ones, the work portion was asynchronous. So I, I created Google Sheet. I recorded, you know, using CloudUp, a video of me walking through, sharing extra context. On Monday mornings, I'd share it with, uh, with the team in Slack or individually, you no know, one-on-one. I said, hey, no team or individuals, we have until Wednesday to ask questions, leave feedback, whatever format it is in the thread. And we'll do it asynchronously, any feedback or questions or, or issues in there. 
And then what we did is we kept the, when, the Wednesday synchronous time slots in the calendar, so they're always there. And as a team, we start off the conversation, right? Is there anything that's open or pending from the asynchronous piece? And if there was, we, we'd go through that. And if not, then it was team fun and lunch and learns and things like that. Taking that synchronous time that was in the calendar and using it for relationships and team building. And there's the same thing for the one-on-ones where the same format, start off, any any open items from the, from the one-on-ones, yes, great, no. Then it was very much focused on like, hey, Alex, how's it going? How was your week? Did your kid make the soccer team? Again, relationship building and also professional development. And what have you been learning? What have you been working on? What do you want to be working on? How could I be you know, helpful and, and be an unlock for you? But it was also, again, information session should never be done synchronously, right? at least in my opinion. Always do that asynchronous. And when you take that time, because there's a cost, right? And I remember like two months, six weeks ago, two months ago, somebody shared that post on one of the social media channels that went viral of you know, the Google Calendar. What if somebody built this where it said, here's the cost of the meeting, right? You had these four people and this meeting cost, you know, $650. Then somebody actually went and built it, which I think is fantastic. So when you look at it, you have this whole team, they're not doing work, they're not getting things done. If you're thinking about four day work weeks or anything else, it's, just, it's a time suck. But at the same time, right, synchronous time is important. So if you have that time block, right, use it for the right reason, right? Don't share information. So I love that point. I wanna hit two more points that you spoke about before. So the first one about relationships, going to another level when you meet in person. I couldn't agree more when I was in Envision and I was there for, I think six years before the first IRL, seven years, seven years before the IRL. And I'm very much of an extrovert. So I spoke to my team every single day, you know, Zoom calls, Slack, what, what have you. And the relationships that I had the week before and the week after those few days together were night and day different. Like we were so much closer and like most of the time we just sat there, we were in Phoenix, Arizona in the middle of the winter. So it was cold at night. And like they had couches all over this uh, place that they had with like little fire pits and bonfires. So just to sit there by like a fire pit, drinking a beer, like sitting next to somebody, having a nice conversation that had nothing to do about work. The relationships got so much deeper. And so again, such a believer on that importance of getting people together. And that's why I went to, to Berlin about six months ago. And I met so many people virtually. I've mentored, I've spoken to them. Right? Let me go sit and actually have lunch with them. Right? Let me go have a coffee with them. Let me have a beer with them. And, and I felt like that relationship was deeper because of that experience. All right, could have been thirty minutes on the coffee shop or thirty minutes on Zoom, but just sitting there across the table from somebody. So I, I completely agree with you. And there was a third point that you had said, which I totally forgot. So please, maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> uh, when you when you met the people then in person, how did it feel? Like, did it feel like you know them, or did it feel like okay, these are strangers to me, or how was it for you? It felt like I, I I knew them only maybe because I'm very much of an extrovert and I was talking to them every day, but I felt like, wow, you're in real life. And there's something, there's some nuance more that mm -hmm. I get to know about you by physically being next to you and spending time with you. So as much as you can know somebody or talk to somebody like that opportunity, just to sit next to them is so crucially important. Um, and I think I would remind me, I think coming back to this was right, any old school remote leader, IRLs are an absolute core and necessity to remote work. Right? The whole idea of, you know, the hacker in the room with like, you know, the, the sweatshirt and things like that. Like none of us believe in that. That's, that's not remote work. Like we need to get people together as often as, as possible because those real life relationships take the work and the things that you do virtually to the, the next level. And ah, ah, this is actually the point that you want to make um, is I, 
again, what you had said, big believer that it's not just for, it's, it's a combination of virtual and in real life. So as your team, like you, you get together twice a year mm-hmm. and some of the companies may think, oh, okay, we get together twice a year. That's what we need to do. But you need to do those virtual pieces in between those six months. So when you come home and you're not, you're on fire and you're excited, like you keep that energy going yeah. and then towards like makes you more excited when the next six months comes along. And like, you look so much more forward to seeing those people that you met before, but now you've built even deeper relationships with virtually. And now you're looking exciting. Nobody excited to, to be with them again in person. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And also what you said, interesting for us when we met for the very first time as a, the, the first pop-up office, it felt like we know each other so well already. Like, yes, it's a different level, but it was like, okay, all my friends. And I mean, at least for us, we always have our cameras on or pretty much all my, all, almost always. And I think that adds a big element to, okay, you get to know each other if you don't see each other on a day-to-day basis. Um, I think this, that's an important aspect, at least for us as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that point. And one thing I've also said across a lot of episodes is how well I knew my team in every meal. And this is something we've spoken about, especially in the last three episodes about IRLs was you're getting the company together and you would think, oh, okay, the whole, because the point is for the whole team to mix and mingle, right? Engineering meets product and sales meets finance. And, but right, that's not really reality. People are people and people tend to cluster in the groups that they know. So at every meal at this IRL that I went to, right? Every team sat siloed, your iOS team with the iOS team, your APAC sales team. So I sat at a different table purposely every meal. Like I refuse to sit with my team and they drove me nuts. Like, why aren't you sitting with us? And like, here we get to be together. I'm like, I talk to you every day. I know you already. Like all these people here, I have no idea who they are. I never would have met them outside of this. And having like that, against an intentional, again, not for this episode, but that importance of just meeting people and connecting with people outside of, especially as your team grows, because right, I remember at the beginning of Envision, like I talked to the early developers every day in whatever capacity is product design support. And then as time went, like my interaction with developers kind of drifted away. So by that time, like I rarely talked to the developers, but these are yeah. the relationships I had before. And okay, like, yes, it was great to see these OGs, but I wouldn't necessarily think of, of talking to any engineers because I didn't really have any interaction with them, but how important that is when you, when you get your team together. Absolutely. And I think also uh, for us, we have uh, amazing people who organize or like internally, internal people who organize these pop-up offices, but there we, we really manage to, or right, make activities at lunch, right? That you really sit, have to sit with other people or like get a challenge or grow a number, like doing things that people actually have to talk to others. But uh, I, I feel like you're at a size where people are really open. Okay. Let's chat with others. It's not like a hundred people shop where okay. You talk to your, to your yeah. five people in, in your team and, and, and that, that's it. But what you also said is, is a very important aspect. I think this, Yes, meeting twice a year is very crucial for us, but also what is as crucial as meeting in person is these monthly or bi-weekly sessions where we do something for the team, right? Where we um, strengthen the relationships. Because imagine also you have someone joining right after such of such a uh, such an event, or one person not a- being able to join, they feel for the next half year or year that they are excluded of the of the of the team. So um, it's important to constantly engage and bring the team together to, to have these moments also, uh, virtually. So that's really what we yeah. believe. So I, I want to get us back on topic. So I talk about IRLs and fun things like all day long, 
But what I was really excited about was, I think it was about three or so weeks ago, uh, your, your team launched a new feature, if I'm correct, I think it was called like team assessments. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I saw the post, I'm like, holy moly, <laughs> no, finally, right? I've been doing this for a long time. I've been saying this you know, here on the podcast for years, we need this thing. And finally, I was so excited to see somebody built what was really needed uh, for remote leaders to really understand what the heck to do with their team. So let's maybe start with, like, tell us a little bit more about the new feature that you rolled out, you know, team assessments, and really how is this going to, I mean, from my opinion, this is going to be game-changing for remote leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what is the team assessment? It's basically three parts. The first part is a team owner assessment. So whoever, whoever's the team lead gets a bit of a different set of questions um, than the team members. And that is in order to kind of compare what is the team owner's view versus how the team members actually feel and kind of um, you can get some very interesting insights from that um, versus kind of how the self-assessment versus uh, outside outside view. And then the second part is the team member assessment, basically, where the team members, I think it takes about five minutes or so, some questions to to answer, 11, 12 questions, or even even shorter than five minutes. So um, very short assessment for, for you. And then afterwards, kind of the results are drawn together. Important to mention is that the results are only shown if three or more people have answered in order to not draw conclusions on who gave which answer. Um, So it's anonymized, obviously. Um, And then you will see very interesting, like you get an assessment report of, okay, what is your assessment? What was the team's assessment? You see the, is it like if you get a four, for example, four out of five, is it that everybody is kind of okay, or do you have you have like five fives and uh, two twos? Like, do you have outliers, or is pretty much everyone uh, at the same level? And again, here we use our dimensions of what I shared before, like relationship, um, satisfaction, well-being, where we measure, and then we have further broken down the set the, the dimensions of relationships and. Uh, so relationships we've broken further down to familiarity, recognition, trust, and collaboration. And this is where we give you scores. But not only give, do we give you scores, but we also tell you in the end, as, a, as an outcome, what are the key takeaways of the answers as well? Like we show you some of the questions that we asked and what, was the, what were the answers to these questions? What is most insightful? But most importantly is we, we have a button like, okay, let's improve uh, the, the, the score and then Based on these results, we will make a recommendation which Gomad activity you should run next and basically help you step-by-step step based on these insights to improve your team. That, that's the, that, for me, that's the piece right there because again, I've, I've been ranting for, well, I don't know, three years, two and a half years on this podcast about why, why, why companies aren't investing in upskilling managers to do, again, to be remote leaders because it's so different and they, they just lack that understanding. And here it's finally a tool that, that comes along and, and not only gives you the analytics, a piece of, all right, your, your team seems to have be lacking trust or collaboration at the moment. But here's like, again, because of the lack of upscaling, some leader may say, oh, okay, my, my team lacks trust. Okay, what do I do about that, right? <laughs> Maybe I'm going to put, again, some show and tell, or I don't know, everyone tell their most embarrassing moment, whatever whatever it is. But to be able to say, here, here are three things that you can do. Like, here's one activity, like you just schedule right through Gomara. 
But here's things that you could do. And like, to me, this is the power because there's that lack of upscaling. There's that lack of learning and development that people just have no idea. Like here, you're giving it like on a silver platter. Here, you're lacking trust and you have no idea what to do. Start with these three things, right? Start with these three things. Again, we'll, we'll do another survey and whatever it is to see if those are making an impact. If they are, great. Keep doing them. If they're not, you know, retool them. Like To me, that's the power because, again, just people have no idea, right? With my former manager, he had no idea that he should send a message in Slack once or twice a week. Hey, just even, hey, how is everything going? How are you doing? And just even being able to give like a little hint like that to, to a manager, just you know, check in twice a week on Slack. Do a quick you know, five-minute thing. Get the team like on a, a co-working session and everyone kind of talk. Just hear little things that you can do, again, that you would have ne never figured out yourself because, again, you have, the company hasn't invested in an upscaling and learning and development. But to me, that's just absolutely, I mean, totally, totally game-changing. I'm, I'm so, so excited. Yeah. What you said, um, super crucial, but it's often the small things for the people. And so we, we also try to nudge more and more the team leads like, Hey, did you check in with this person or do that? Or like really helping them and guide them because as you said, some are really amazing leaders in kind of in office settings. They come in, they exact directly feel the mood. They feel how the people are and they can, yeah, they, they react on that. Uh, but if you're remotely and you see each other only in a video call, like once a week, then it's very, very different setting because people can just put in a smile, like, hey, all good, and then leave, and you don't really know how they really feel. So that's a very super crucial um, element in what you said, right? We also get as feedback and what we now try also to build more and more into the product, but um, our leaders always get, or many of us get the feedback that we really care about the people. So when someone is sick, right, you ask the next day, hey, how are you doing? Are you feeling better? And it's not about, are you working today? It's really about how do you do? Like it's about a person. And uh, so I think these small gestures or a quick thank you after they have done something like doesn't cost you anything. Record a video, what you said, send a message. Like these small things, they are really uh, game changers. Yeah. I love that. So, so much goodness here. Um, from data that you've seen historically with Gomada, and maybe especially the last few weeks since the team assessment feature has, has rolled out, and again, I don't know how much data you have as of yet and what you may or not, may not be able to share, but would love to hear like what impact you've seen so far through Gomada of, hey, your team is this, right? You have a score of this, or your team is struggling with this, and here are like the events that you should do and the team building things you should do or the different ideas you should do. And what are you seeing from that? I, mean, I would just, I'm just fascinated by Again, especially because you're laying it out for them, even previously, just here's the event that you should do to build collaboration, right? And that, that great idea about the bridge, even so much more where it's now detailed. We'd just love to hear like what that impact has been and what you've seen so far. Yeah. Um, as you said, since, the, since we only launched the team assessment um, not so long ago, it's hard to really draw conclusions. Okay, that the active teams in Gomada, what impact did it have um, compared to not so active teams? Um, so that's why I don't want to make any wrong conclusions too early here and, and can't share any data I can share from our own team. So since we, we started using it for ourselves, um, kind of, we had a score before of like kind of 3.7 of kind of engagement score and engagement score is, um, kind of a combination of the different sub scores that we are calculating. And, uh, in 
since we are now having the team assessment and running basically every week or every other week in a team uh, an activity, we have now moved uh, basically 0 0.5 up to basically 4.2 um, in engagement. And it's once the score, but at the same time, each time we run a Gomada activity afterwards, I feel like this was actually really good invested time uh, compared to the, the meetings that we had before of I share what I've done this week and what I'm going to do. No, this was not well invested because this could have been done much more effectively asynchronously. But every time we did an activity, it was like, this was good. This was fun. I learned something about them. I feel closer, like just motivated me to continue on going. Like, um, yeah, I could really draw some energy compared to attending meetings where you just share things, which is actually just energy drawing, uh, draining. So, yeah. Oh, very, very interesting. The last question I have, I know we have a running low on time. You mentioned early at the beginning that you're obviously not a learning and development company. Um, and I don't know, again, how much you want to share, you can share about kind of pro product roadmap, but I would love to hear you just thoughts of where you can kind of take even the next step, right? And I think we've gotten to the point where you get do the studies, right? And originally Gomada and the team is feeling lonely. So maybe now the suggestions will say, Hey, simply suggestion check in twice a week in Slack or what have you. That's a great step. But a little bit, is there any thought of you know, giving more of a insight or kind of a learning into why you should do that or what the impact is of sending a message twice a week, or if it's on communication, how a game of drawing a bridge will actually can help with collaboration and, and how, because again, for me, it's like a super amazing step one. I have no idea what to do. I know my team is struggling in some areas. Gomana tells me what to do. That's absolutely amazing. But the only way that I'm going to get better as a leader is understanding why is it a problem and what this activity to do is going to help. So then I can understand that myself and be able to try to do those things in the future. So just even just your thoughts, again, it doesn't have to be on the roadmap, but we'd love to even hear just the ideas and things that you're kind of kicking around of how to take that to the next level. Yeah, very, very important. Um aspect of, yeah, give the people the why, why should we not run this activity? Why should we do it? Why does it matter? And we, we have started already to, before the activity, tell the people, um, basically why they should run it. And also afterwards, try to tell them more like, Hey, this activity helped you now with ABC that they can really reflect and like, oh yeah, it wasn't just a fun activity. It's like, it was fun, but there's actually more to it so that they understand it. At the same time, what we do is after certain activities, we do send, um, sometimes with a intended time lag, we do send some follow-up messages. For example, on the communication element, there's said even between each drawing, there is a reflection session and someone takes notes. And these notes will be sent to the whole group afterwards. Like, hey, this is the communication session you have done. This is what you've learned. And here are actually your core takeaways on your takeaways, not any takeaways randomly, but your takeaways, what you should kind of uh, look at more closely when you communicate next um, to really have this intentional long-term uh, impact and not just this one of, oh, that was nice, was fun. So, but yeah, I think we, we still can go a step further on explaining the why and making this even more obvious and making it better. At the same time, yeah, communications or attention span is also limited, like you don't want to talk too much about about it, but rather get quickly to it. And then once it's over, okay, then, then let them go again. But 
one, yeah, throwing it out here, the, the, the big keyword that is all around, but I think there's a lot we can do now with AI and the tools out there leveraging these existing tools to, besides what Gomada can do also, what you said, right, giving these recommendations based on artificial intelligence on, okay, this is for your team, these are your challenges, this is what we can recommend you besides running activities. And um, here we are still in a kind of exploration phase, but yeah, seeing other platforms in different spaces, how quickly they manage to adapt these new technologies, um, I'm very confident it can also rather quickly uh, give some value add to clients by adding adding these components. That's super exciting. I mean, for how much you know, I, I've I've fallen more in love uh, with the product with, with that release to hear that some of these pieces are already there. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. So I highly recommend everyone who's listening to this episode to to go sign up. So for people who are listening, who are interested and should, with absolute cause and without any delay, go connect with Gomada, go sign up connect with you, learn more about you. What's the best place to get a hold of you, learn more about you, sign up for Gomada, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for Gomada, visit gomada.co. Um, so not .com, but .co. And yeah, sign up. If you have a 30-day free trial, you can just test it for free with your team. Um, yeah, no credit card required. Really easy to, to just explore it, test it, try it out. And yeah, with regards to me, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can find me under LinkedIn, Alexander Spahn. And probably don't even need Gomada, but if you type in Gomada as well, you'll you'll find it for sure. That's amazing. I think I hear the, at the end of the episode here, the, the thunder in, in the background toward the end of the episode. But Alex, fantastic conversation. No, thank you so much for joining. Love to hear um, all the things that you're doing as a remote leader yourself, you know, with your teams and certainly as someone who's building a tool to make the remote experience so much better uh, and way beyond excited about the, the features and the things that you're building there. You know, as excited as I was when we first connected, probably maybe about a year ago for what you're building, uh, to hear even more of what you're building now, what you're looking to build. Like uh, For me, this is a, a totally game-changing uh, feature and tool for remote leaders to, to absolutely be using. I appreciate the time. No, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and for everyone who's listening. I guess until the next episode, have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. My aim is for everyone listening to have one takeaway from each episode they can then go and use with their teams. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to support me by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app, on our YouTube channel, share it with friends and colleagues, and please feel free to buy me a coffee via the show's website.